Welcome to Up The Riz, the Risper Rangers podcast. Welcome to Up The Riz, the official Risper Rangers FC podcast, bringing you all things Riz, both on and off the pitch. No match on Saturday? No matter. Riz had back-to-back Tuesday night away fixtures against first Wallingford and Cromarsh and then North Greenford United. And Fitz's form guide tells us that having scored eight goals and won both matches, that's now six games unbeaten and three clean sheets in a row. And Riz are now up to seventh in the league table. After the shocking start to the season that we've had, we make no apology for enjoying the good times and stating officially that we're on a run, ladies and gentlemen. At last, we're on a run. Joining me in the Up The Riz studio, I have player and assistant manager Ben Sturgis. Ben, first of all, mate, before we go any further, massive congratulations to you for last night achieving your 100th appearance for Riz. That's fantastic, mate. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you very much, mate. Um, obviously, I forgot about it, actually, because obviously we were meant to play Saturday, and obviously you told me in the previous pod. So, yeah, mate, so it's, a, it's a good little achievement um, I've racked up there. So I'm proud of that one. So thank you. And looking back to when you joined us, would you have had any concept that you'd have been with us for 100 matches? Um, possibly, Al. I want to say possibly, because over the years, I've tended to, to last three or four seasons at clubs. So, um, yeah, it's been a roller coaster, that's for sure. Um, fortunately, mate, I've met some very good friends out of this club, um, some friends for life, which is the main reason why we do it, to be honest. And I do love the club. It's it's within my heart. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm very proud of the achievement. And 100 at any other clubs beforehand? Yeah, I would have said, obviously, Flatwell, definitely. Tame, definitely. Uh, Binfield, possibly. Uh, but that would have been it, mate. So yeah, as I say, I normally tend to last three or four seasons at clubs, um, which is probably a quality these days, isn't it? Because it doesn't often happen. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm proud of it, mate. It's, it's, it's been a, it's been a fun environment, and it's been something that um, I've really enjoyed, actually. So yeah, there's been a few bits of turmoil, but <laughs> um, mostly highs, mate. Mostly highs. And also we've got Joe Fitzy Fitzgerald with us. Uh, Fitzy, you've been doubling up on the Nando's during your red card suspension, or have you been training hard to get back out there? No, no, I've been in the gym, mate. To be fair, so I've started up a, gone back into the gym. So no, mate, I'm not sure. Um. I'm fully fit, but now I've kept myself um, ticking over, mate. So not too bad. Ready to get back in, involved with the boys on Saturday. Did you come from the gym to eat the sausage and chips that I've just been witnessing you eating? <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, did, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a cheat meal. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you have a couple of cheat meals every day, um, as long as you're in the gym. <laughs> Well, look, uh, a word before we go any further for Steve Tav Tavender, who was meant to be joining us this evening, uh, but he's actually been diagnosed with burning the candle at both ends and he's currently uh, in recovery under his duvet. So uh, get well soon, Tav. Too many selfies in the gym, Al. That's all it is. That's oh, he's not there. He's not one of those, is he? Oh, he's one of them, all right, Al. Is he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is Unbelievable. He? You're listening to Up The Riz, the Risper Rangers podcast. Last Tuesday on 14th of November, Riz travelled to Wallingford and Cromarsh FC. Uh, manager Mark Eaton put out the same starting eleven as in the 0-0 draw at home to Reading City FC on the previous Saturday with Craig Hill in goal, Charlie Smith, Gary Connolly, Alex Sethi and Alfie Brownwhite across the back, Sturge Toby and Alex Kudzerski wearing the captain's armband in midfield, and with Lewis Toomey partnered by Harry Scott and Jeremiah Luero up front. Liam, Manny, Victor, Peaky and Josh Urquhart were on the bench, and it took only five minutes for the Riz bench to swing into action after AK picked up an injury and he was replaced by Victor. Apart from Harry Scott having a free kick saved by the keeper, it was a fairly disjointed start to the match, until that was Lewis Toomey was clipped from behind in the penalty area, and he then belted home the resulting spot kick to give Riz the lead. That was the cue for the home side to start playing and they had the better of the end of the first half, testing the Riz back four and drawing an excellent fingertip save from Craig Hill. At half-time, Mark brought on Josh Urquhart for Alex Sethi and whatever the gaffer has said, it did the trick because Riz were absolutely dominant after the break. Within minutes, Toby rounded off a slick passing move with a firm side foot into the top corner to double the lead and 10 minutes into the second half, 
Lewis Toomey broke the back line and he caught an absolute peach of a shot, blasting it into the back stanchion to make it 3-0. It was all Riz after that, retaining possession for long spells and dominating the opposition. Harry Scott was on the score sheet just before the hour mark, bending one into the bottom corner to make it four. Then a few minutes later, Mark brought on Peaky for Alfie Branwhite. And almost immediately, he delivered a great ball to Harry, who slotted home to double his tally for the night and to, to, to make it a convincing 5-0 win for Riz. When I caught up with manager Mark Eaton, I put to him that it had been a good win for Riz. Yeah, it was a, a really good win. Um, I think, as I've been saying, we've been in a bit of head, a better headspace in the last um, few weeks, not getting too carried away. And um, But I felt relatively positive when we went there that we would uh, we would do well, and that proved to be the case. And the second half performance was, dare I say, it, a bit like Riz of old. Um, you know, kept the ball uncontested for sort of, you know, multiple passes. Um, clinical finishing as well, really took our chances well and, and were completely in control. And, you know, to be fair, it's the first time I've seen a team looked quite, they look quite demoralised, the opposition from from what we did. So uh, really pleased. And um, yeah, the boys were, were absolutely bouncing after. So it was really good. We did have to soak up a bit of pressure towards the end of the first half, didn't we? Lewis Toomey had uh, got us in the lead with the penalty. Um, but they were still in the game at half time. Yeah, they were. I mean, um, they did put us under pressure. We had we had to uh, deal with quite a number of corners, and you know, they certainly not the worst side we played. You know, um, so to get to get such a comprehensive victory away from home was a really um, testimony to our performance because, uh, you know, I thought they were they were well in it. You know, they caused us some problems in the first half, but um, you know, goals do change games, and, and what's happened in the early part of the season is we've had that the other way where we've conceded early. We've had a mistake gone in, you know, and, and it's changed the con, you know, the sort of whole game. And um, where we've been getting ahead in games now, you know, maybe, we're, you know, other teams are getting a taste of the medicine we've had where they're getting a bit demoralised and we're able to put the foot down. So I think that was a little bit of that in that game and getting that first goal, um, even a slender lead at halftime was really important. And as you said, Riz put the foot down in the second half. Toby got a really good goal. I mean, watching back on the VO, it was a really good move. And a very well taken, very mature finish from him. Well, Toby's been, you know, in the last four weeks. I mean, his his performances have actually um, mirrored the whole team's performance. He, he's he's really playing really well at the moment. Um, you know, he's passing the ball well. He's he's physically really strong. He's he's you know he's become a really key player for us at the moment. And um, you know, and his his level of performance has really gone up. And uh, Lewis's second goal, a real cracker that was. Um, must have been. I haven't spoken to him about it, but it must have been a real, real nice goal for him, taking it. You know, just to be on the back four, running on, uh, having had a first touch, and then he really cracked that finish. Well, he's in a good, you know, good vein of form at the moment. Um, you know, he's keeping fit, which is obviously always been the, the challenge we had earlier on in the season. But oh, it was an amazing finish. I mean, the first touch to take it away from the defenders was brilliant. And the second touch, I mean, he's in the back stanchion. I mean, you can't get better than that. And it literally went in like a rocket. And um, that's when you're playing really to your top of your game with instinct. You know, he didn't even think about it. It was just such a great finish. And, um, you yeah, what good form he's in at the moment. Well, and not the only one, and somebody who we have talked about a fair bit in recent matches and during the difficult times is Harry. And for me, perhaps epitomising the progress that we have made as a team and he's made as a player, that he's somebody we're relying on now and he's scoring goals. And they, they were two really good, precise, uh, low finishes into the corner in situations when earlier in the season he may not have done that. Well, I think I agree with that. I mean, if you look at last year, he was frustrated because he was in and out the side a little bit. Um, I think he's played probably every game. I think he's played every game, nearly every game this year. Um, he's still frustrating, and I don't mind saying it on the recording. He is incredibly frustrating because of what we think he could be. But certainly, you know, we've asked him to add the stats. You know, how many crosses he's getting in the box, um, how many uh, uh, assists he's getting, how many uh, goals he's getting, and um, you know, he's. Uh, I mean, he automatically doubled his tally for the season that night, which was really good. And um, he's followed up with that as well. So, um, no, really pleased with him. I mean, listen, he's got all the talent in the world. Um, we've just got to try and keep him on the straight and narrow. So that was uh, Mark Eaton after the win uh, last Tuesday night away at Wallingford in Cromarsh. Ben, uh, your thoughts on that match? A strange match, strange environment. We had a few issues with with getting there and arriving on time. Um, and then, obviously, going from there, we started the game, well... Not great at all. Obviously, AK was injured within two or three minutes. Um, so me and Mark had to make a decision about what was going to happen with that. 
it sort of carried on for the next 15, 20 minutes. If I was honest, it was so stop-start. Um, I think we all struggled to get any sort of rhythm. Um, unfortunately, Toomey got a penalty out of really nothing, really. He'd done a lot of work from a through ball. Um, and then we sort of gained the edge. And all of a sudden, we we felt that we were in control. They put us a bit of sustained pressure. Um, half-time probably came at the right time. And then obviously, well, second half is the best we've played all season. Um, I thought we were absolutely unbelievable. I felt we were dynamic. I felt we strung passes together consistently how we wanted to play all year. I thought the front three were electric. Toomey's second goal is up there, one of the best I've seen. And that's a strong statement. That finishes high class. I thought Harry Scott was exceptional. Victor was poor in the first half. He was quick to admit that. But second half, he lit us up and he was electric. Jez in the 10. Um, me and Toby and obviously Josh come in and done really well. I thought um, young Charlie Swift was excellent on the night at right back. I, it's what we've been crying out for. It was a full, consistent 7, 8 out of 10 from everyone. And I think it was, to be honest, if you could bottle up a second half Tuesday night away performance, that was it on that on that night. Sorts out the men for the boys, doesn't it? Tuesday night away from home. Uh, I thought all those goals were fantastic. Well, penalties, neither here nor there, but those goals in the second half were cracking. Yeah, like like I said, obviously everyone would love scoring a goal, but I, I felt Harry's Harry's finishes also were high quality. And it, it was just, honestly, it was a joy to play. And I sort of reverted back to Ellsbury Vale away last year. It was a similar sort of environment, similar sort of performance, complete domination. And I felt that's the first time we've done that this season. So... Yeah, I said on previous pods, I was a bit sceptical, but Tav was very bold in the fact that saying we're going to go on a run. And that felt, it felt like we turned the corner a little bit that night. Um, it just felt like a really good performance, man. And I was absolutely buzzing come the Wednesday of that. Bitsy? It was a pleasure to watch, really. Um, sort of part of me was gutted to, to not be involved, not be a part of it. But the other side of me was so, so pleased with, Especially the second half, sort of like like Thurs said, the way that we just dominated it was proper sort of Risborough of old, if you like. Um, especially sort of the Risborough I'm used to, where it was high intensity, uh, the work rate was there, sort of vocally we were dominant, we were nasty at times, which was great to win the ball back. And on the ball, we just absolutely ripped them apart. Um, and it could have been a cricket score, really, especially that second half. So and and the calibre of the goals we scored um were absolutely outstanding. So no, a real proper complete performance to be honest um like you say it's never easy going away on a, on a pitch that sort of was getting worse the longer the game was going on on a tuesday night um yeah to to hammer someone five nil was felt very good so what's it like for you as somebody who is as hyperactive as you to watch a match when you're so you're subject to a suspension that must be hard isn't it yeah i hate it um i've had a few suspensions in my time mate um never for a red as previously mentioned but couple of yellows I've had to do a game or two uh here and there and I never enjoy it um like I say I love I love being around the boys I love getting involved so it is tough but um I'm sure the boys could hear me supporting very very well from the side shouting out as much as I could um amongst sort of the Risba fans so um yeah it was hard but I think I did something like 20,000 steps running up and down um especially when we were scoring goals so uh, no it was great mate to be fair it was great to watch like I say difficult to uh to be a supporter that evening, but great to watch um, how we did, really. And for anyone who hasn't seen them, uh, Charlie Carter took some absolutely quality picks, particularly from that match. I think the light there was absolutely fantastic. The floodlights were really good. And what was that old quote from Graham Taylor, wasn't it? Do I not like orange? That probably predates you two lads, doesn't it? <laughs> no, but, he did a great documentary, Al, didn't he? Remember when the cameras yeah. followed him? Oh, I love that. I'm Honestly, growing up, I remember watching that. And that was my first real football documentary is brilliant that when they put the turnip on his head and they didn't qualify and <laughs> Col the Colton Palmer scene. Do you remember that bit? That was brilliant as well. If you haven't seen that, Fitz, you've not seen that, have you? No, mate. No, I'm probably about 20 <laughs> years too young, mate. <laughs> you need to watch it, mate. It was brilliant. It was good. But the orange reference, of course, Wallingford and Crow Marsh were playing in orange and just, I thought the light and Charlie just caught some absolutely cracking photos. So have, have a look on the, um, uh, the main club uh, Twitter feed and you'll see all those pics on there. They're absolutely fantastic. You're listening to Up The Riz, the Risborough Rangers podcast. So last night, Riz ventured into the ultra-low emissions zone to face North Greenford United on a pitch that wasn't exactly primed for sexy football. Mark shuffled the pack a little with skipper Josh Urquhart returning to the back four in place of Charlie Smith 
alongside Alex Sethi, Gary Connolly and Alfie Branwhite, with Sturge and Toby Nadozi shoring up the midfield and Jeremiah Luero sitting just behind a front three of Victor Mikowski, Harry Scott and Lewis Toomey. Liam McManny, Peaky and new signing Ollie Bishop were on the bench. Riz started well and Victor, Harry and Lewis all had chances inside the first 10 minutes. Although to be fair, the home side should have scored when their striker was cleaned through, but he blasted his shot over the bar. Lewis really should have scored when a square ball from Harry Scott presented him with an open goal, but he took a touch and was well tackled on the goal line. Then with 10 minutes left of the first half, Sturge won a penalty as he was fouled just inside the area. But uncharacteristically, Lewis didn't find the net, his spot kick being well saved by North Greenford keeper Charlie Patmore down to his left. On 38 minutes, a great ball from Sturge set Lewis Toomey on his way and he squared for Victor, who tapped in to give Riz the lead. And just a few minutes later, and Sturge found Lewis again, this time with a long ball, and Lewis battled well to release Harry Scott, who then rounded the keeper and smashed the ball into the back of the net to make it two. Straight after the break, Lewis was in the action once again, controlling the ball in the area and hitting the bar, but the playing surface began to have its effect and the match settled down with few clear-cut chances. That was until the 70th minute when Victor broke from the Riz half and his shot was saved, but only into the path of Lewis, who gratefully snapped up another goal for his tally. Mark made a string of substitutions, bringing on Ollie Bishop, Manny Williams, Peaky and Lem, but they could only add to Rangers' dismal disciplinary record and not the goal count, as first Peaky received a yellow card and then Liam was sent off for a straight red. All in all, though, it was another good win for Riz under the lights on a Tuesday night away from home, something which I put to manager Mark Eaton. I think the games were obviously coming a little bit thick and fast. We had a game obviously called off on Saturday, so we were chomping at the bit to get going. And, um, you know, fair play to them for getting it on because the pitch, you know, was pretty difficult to say the least. I mean, it's probably the most difficult pitch the boys have played on this year. Um, and, you know, the message we had was from the Reading game, we said this would be pivotal in our season because it was a benchmark of where we were. We've followed that on with the Wallingford game and then the um, North Greenford game. Obviously, as you know, it was a, I look back on the game we played in before and it was, you know, I think we were 3-0 down and we got back to 2-3-2 and couldn't quite get the finish at the end. But that was a really low moment of our season. So um, it was a really good, again, benchmark to see where we are. Um, they hadn't been beaten at home. I didn't realise that until we got there and we looked on the stats. They hadn't actually been lost at home all season. Um, and it was a thoroughly comprehensive performance. We took them apart, to be honest, and that's, a, that's the bottom line of it. And I think that they would admit they you know, they were well beaten on the night. And would you have uh, been betting your house that Lewis would have scored that penalty? Because we don't see, see a miss from the spot often, do we? Or at all? You, you didn't see the miss he had as well in in, the, in during the game. Um, it was not, He had an open goal and he took a time. I thought he was, what's he doing? And he, he, I mean, he was literally crestfallen. He was, he couldn't believe it. I, I wondered what had gone on. I thought, what's that? Why hasn't he put it in the net? And the, the guy saved it. And then with the penalty as well, but you know what he did, what good strikers do. He still got his goal at the end. Um, he, he still was, I thought he was excellent on the night. He was beating himself up after thinking it wasn't a very good game. But for me, I thought he led the line superbly well. And um, he was a threat all night in, you know, them little balls in behind. I mean, the first, the, the goal that Victor scored, the first goal, I mean, the football was amazing. I mean, it was a ball from Sturge. I'm asking him to do all the time. Um, you know, we got down the flank and the cross for Victor. Victor finished it brilliantly. So, um, so no, look, it, it was unusual. Also, it was um, Charlie Patmore was in goal. And the ironic thing is, I was chatting to him in the bar after. I just thought he'd come to watch the game. I didn't realise he'd been playing. And then I was saying, <laughs> oh, where are you at the moment? He went, well, I've... I've just played against you, you idiot. Like, and I was like, oh, sorry about that. <laughs> That's non-league, mate, that is. I, I, yeah, probably. So I actually thought to myself, I thought, well, I, when I saw their keeper, I thought, he looks quite young, but I obviously saw him from a distance and didn't realise it was it was Charlie. So um, he probably had a bit of prior knowledge, having been with us a little bit pre-season, when, when Lewis was going to put the ball, maybe. Well, Lewis, I don't think, needs to be beating himself up about that because he had the assist for both uh, Victor's goal, as you've mentioned, and Harry's as well. Um, Sturge, I mean, he won't let me not ask you. You've mentioned his ball round the corner already, but he he was involved in both of those, wasn't he? So he wants a mention for the assist for the assist. Well, he also he well his was the assist because it, it, it that that ball takes takes out the whole defence, which was really good. And um, it's a ball that I talked to him about a lot playing, um, and uh, it, it is really decisive if you get it right. Um, and then the the other thing, he obviously got brought. He was, I think, I think he was the one who got brought down for the penalty as well. So he was involved all the way along, and it, you know he was covered from head to foot in mud 
the whole game. Um, it was a real, real warrior type performance from him. And are you a bit happier now about where the squad is in terms of personnel? Yeah, obviously results make a big difference and confidence is the thing that, you know, none of us know how you can harness it because if we did, we'd all be um, probably a lot more successful and a lot richer and everything like that. So um, the confidence is obviously up now. Um, obviously, I mean, of course, we're much happier. The dressing room's a good place. But to be fair, we felt it was coming. You know, you don't, these results are, the um you know because of what's been happening previously it's not suddenly just a magic one that's happened um you know i think also maybe um a little bit of squad movement has probably helped um you know we've exited maybe players that probably weren't culturally aligned to where we were i think that would be a polite way of saying that um and we've brought a couple in that you know not not so much big time players not you know not household names in non-league as such but ones that have added really good from the group from from personality and and energy and positivity and i think that's really that's really helped um, well ollie bishop came off the bench last night uh, what are you making of him well uh, ollie's a really good player you know he was with us when he was a lot younger and i think by well we i can say it honestly he had probably not the best attitude for me and um we've had honest conversations with him before we signed and um you know he's really bought into the group ethos and, and what we're doing I thought he'd done well when he came on I think he's going to be a really big signing for us um boy can play he's got amazing talent um you know he's a big strong lad um he's got uh bundles of confidence in his own ability which is always good he's got a bit of swag about him and um I think he's going to be a really good player for us can I just check in with you about a few other names as well? Uh, Charlie Smith uh, wasn't playing last night. What, what's the situation with him? Because he was on yeah. dual reg from yeah, Burko, it's good, wasn't good, co- good question, actually. Um, he went to play for Burko last night on a in a friendly. And I think that was a little bit to see where he was in terms of their reckoning. But I've spoke to Steve Heath today um, and Charlie's going to be with us for the sort of immediate future, as long as we, he agrees everything, which I think he will. Um, and, you know, fair play to Steve. He's been really good. We've got good, honest conversations. And, you know, we are not we don't want to stop anyone progressing. But if we can help young players like Charlie get some really good game time in a good environment, and obviously, hopefully, when he does step back up, which I never believe he will do, um, he's going to be in a much better headspace and a, and full of confidence and full of match fitness. So, um, so yeah, pleased to say that Charlie's going to be with us. It was a bit annoying that he wasn't with us last night because um, we didn't know that until about 11 o'clock in the morning, which obviously skewed our plans slightly, but um, but the lad still did a good job. But no, we're really pleased to have him. He's a lovely lad as well, really good, great attitude. So um, we're pleased to have him on board. And a couple of other younger players that we should mention as well who've moved on, but for the right reasons, uh, Raz Ajibola and Ben Peters. Um, t- tell us the situation with both of them. Yeah, well, to start with Raz first, um, everyone knows, I, I think absolutely the world of him, I think the world of all the players, but I mean, Raz, I've got a particularly close relationship with um you know, if it was a personality contest, he would be first name on every team sheet. He's just an amazing lad, brilliant attitude, a really good footballer as well. But I think from our point of view, and I think this is, I think it's good management from us in sometimes you've got to do right by the player. You can't keep, you know, a lot of managers would have just, you know, sort of like, you know, made out that, oh, you are in my plans and you're not, you know, and, and let them carry on. And, you know, I feel that's not right from a, you know, a young man who wants to play football. He, he needed to go and play. No, I don't think that Raz will, I think Raz will be back with us at some point. I, I hope he will be. But I felt that it, we had an honest conversation. I said, look, you need to go and play. And I'm I'm not helping you by not giving you enough game time. And that was really, so he's gone to Hollyport and, you know, he's gone with our best wish. Have you seen the message he sent us? I mean, it's, you know, he's brilliant. And then the same with Ben, another great lad, brilliant attitude. Um, and I think what's happened with Raz and Ben is that if you look at pre-season, they played in the in sort of the latter part of the pre-season and done really well. But the way we started the season, and it was so poor, it meant that we ended up in a bit of a powder keg situation and a bit of a stressful situation before we'd started. If you look at Raz from last year, Raz was able to come into a winning machine. So when he was coming on in games, we were bopping the ball around. Confidence was high. And that's a really good position for those young players to be in. We've we've thrown them into a situation where, you know, everyone's shaking their heads, pointing fingers, wondering why everything's going wrong. And that's not a great position for them to develop what they want to do. Both of them are excellent players. Um, both of them, you know, we would definitely have back at Risborough at some, at some point. 
but both Raz and Ben, they need to go and, you know, they need to go and stack up 10, 15 games on the bounce of playing week in, week out. And if they can do that, I think they'll be, they'll be in much better stead. So from my point of view, you don't ever like seeing players go, but it's. I think we've done it in the right way. We've honest conversation with both of them and we've instigated. It's not got toxic. It's not got unhappy. You know, we, we've everyone's wished everyone well and hopefully we'll see them back in a Risper shirt at some point in the future. You're listening to Up The Riz, the Risper Rangers podcast. So there we go again. Uh, happy manager celebrating another Tuesday night away win. Um, Fitzy, your thoughts on uh, the match last night? Yeah, again, I had to um, had to go because you were letting the team down again, Al. So um, I, I was tweeter for the evening. So um, no, oh, you did boys. very well, Joe. You did very well, and you got many compliments from me. I have to say, you did well. You gave me lots of pointers from my uh, my previous venture, um, <laughs> which was poor, to be fair. <laughs> the previous let, let's digress because that that first outing as information gatherer uh there was information but none of it was relevant to time or space uh the first information i had was about 10 minutes into the first half i didn't have notification of kickoff and uh everything came in without the relevant minutes next to it so i had to kind of decipher it it was a bit like i don't know bletchley park trying to work out what you were on about <laughs> Yeah, it was. I got too excited. Now, I'll be honest. I thought, you know, I just saw my name and lights, and just thought, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run with this. But um, I just got too excited. It was cold. I was trying to type too quick. I was watching Sturge run around and kick people and turn channels. Like there was a lot going on. Mate. I was really trying, and I thought I'm gonna jazz this up to be like poetry, and then forgot that I needed to get like the key basics, like kick off or half time or the score or who put the ball in the net. <laughs> The boys did very well, mate. I like to say the pitch was absolutely um it was it was a horror. I mean, fair play to them. They they got the game on. Um, a lot of teams sort of I know would would have probably got the hose out and just added a little bit more to get that cooled off. But um fair play to them, they didn't. Um it's obviously a very tough place to go. Look, we weren't aware. Um, I know the gaffer certainly wasn't aware sort of before and that they hadn't actually lost at home. Um so sort of going there actually um, and sort of putting on that performance was, was massive for us. Like I say, it was a difficult pitch um, and the boys played some good football at times. We simplified, probably went a little bit longer and we had to ride our luck at like crazy, made an outstanding save um, in the first half. Might have even been a double save, to be fair. Can't remember what my tweet said to you. Um, but he made an outstanding double save, which sort of kept it a nil-nil. And then we looked good. Um, like I said, there was a big couple of stoppages. There was a couple of injuries, um, mainly courtesy of Sturge injuring the other players. But there was a couple of stoppages, um, which sort of ruined our flow a little bit. We just had a, sort of a really good 10-minute spell where we sort of won the penalty. We had good chances. We were getting in behind and obviously got the two goals. And in second half, we just, you know, they, they had a bit of pressure and things like that, but never really... Seemed to threaten too much. I don't remember Craig making save after save in the second half or anything like that. We looked really solid and together and constantly a threat. And um, 3-0 was probably a fair reflection of the game, to be honest. We really demoralised them. And for a team that haven't lost at home, um, we we went there and took over. And before I come on to Sturge, do you want to talk about his assists for the assists? I don't really want to take the limelight off of him, to be fair. I think he's going to sell it as much as he can and big it up to be, he's already rang me today and sold him. He was like Ben De Bruyne. Um, three times. <laughs> so um, I'm sure he'll, he'll do it. But let's start outstanding last night. I, you know, I've got, I'm not embarrassed just because he's in front of me. He was absolutely, he's an outstanding footballer um, and massive for us. And last night he was, he was at his very best. Um, both, both sides of the game. He was brilliant. He was, tenacious he was nasty he was commanding he was loud um properly that I always sort of call him sort of the second skip anyway I know he's the assistant manager but he is um, he's a leader for us and then on the ball it was it was his sort of game um getting on it moving it to sort of two touches moving the ball turning it in behind the diags it was just it was like poetry emotion um I don't think you need to sell it anymore Sturge really I think we can move on from that coming blushing here oh. blushing blushing <laughs> The ben, nicest I mean, I've it, ever been to you. <laughs> ever. Is it is it fair to say, Ben, you're enjoying it again now? Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest how I have. And it's it's no coincidence. I look at myself more than anyone and I needed to hit some form. I'm my biggest critic and I felt that... I, I, 
I don't know if I took it to heart and it, it wasn't a natural blame, but I felt that we needed to step up as a club. And I've said to you before, we weren't delivering. And it's not on. It, this club deserves better than, than what we're producing. It was embarrassing. And I'll tell you when it was. It was when Arsenal played Chelsea. Uh, obviously, we're not talking about them sort of teams, but, but I have to highlight it. We'd lost on the Saturday and we all ended up going to the local pub and everyone was sort of saying, oh, you've lost again. Just common knowledge. And it, it got to a bit of a bit of banter. And you know me, I take things like that to heart and that hurt me. And I was thinking, hang on a minute, something's got to change here. Like people are taking a mick out of us a little bit at the minute. Um, and I felt like the squad's come together. I know Mark's mentioned about the departures and the lads are I'm not too keen about talking to people that have gone. They've gone, um, some for the right reason, some for the wrong. And, and it's all clicked out. There's no denying that the team are all and, and the togetherness. It, it's a tight squad at the minute. And obviously, like you've mentioned, the disciplinary record, that needs to improve because that's not good enough. Um, that needs to change seriously because we can't keep losing players. You've had five sending off this season and that's not good enough. Um, let's go through those five sending offs because uh, yeah. one of the offenders is in the room. So let, let's yeah. uh, recap on who they've been. Certainly we've had Seth had the red card against Flackle, didn't he? Uh, and then yeah. we've obviously had Lem, Lem yeah. last night. Yeah. Well, look, look, I'd say Seppi's first one and, and Fitzy's one, to be fairer. They're borderlines, but they're not ideal. The other ones are just stupid um, and ridiculous at the time. And um, I mean, Lem, look, I've got a lot of time for Len, but his tackle last night, obviously, it doesn't look great. And obviously, it's it's not ideal when he's just come on to do that. Sefi's one against Bedfont was was the same. Ridiculous. And then, obviously, AK getting sent off last week. And it just needs to stop, Al, because we've rode our luck, I've said previously, with 10 players. And obviously, last night, we were 3-0 up, so it didn't really affect the game. But obviously, it does, because we miss Len now for three games. And he's going to be an important figure for us going forward. So, yeah, I mean, me and Mark have spoke about it. It's not like we're just glossing over it and saying that's acceptable. We're going to have a chat about it. It needs to change. And obviously, I've had four bookings this year as well, so I have to take part of the blame. But look, it's not taking the gloss off where we are at the minute, but it's something that needs to be looked at because we can't keep losing players. Corresponding fixture at home to North Greenford United was only on the 23rd of September, so not that long ago. Uh, We were 2-0 down at half-time. We then shipped another goal just after the break. So 3-0 down fought back to 3-2 and we were hoping to to draw again because we'd done the weekend before, hadn't we, against Burnham uh, 3-3, but that wasn't to be. Um, but that was at a point where Riz had then lost five and drawn one in six matches. So, you know, that reboot that we talked about a little while ago, that was really painful. But where we are now is absolutely poles apart. Yeah, it was. A, a reboot is a great phrase because it's exactly what it was. And I did remind the boys at half-time of, that exact scenario because it was similar to us. Their pitch is very similar to us. Not as bad, but the slope is a little bit deceiving. So it was the same scenario. They were going down and they did put us under a little bit of pressure and Fitzy's right. To be honest, Craig deserves a lot more credit because that save within five, ten minutes of the game starting, if they go 1-0 up, as, as well as we played last night, I think it might have been a different game. So I think it's it's important to highlight that. Look, they're a dangerous side and I can see why they're unbeaten at home. They play the pitch very well. They have got three or four players at odd classes as good players for the level. Um, and look, we knew until we got sat down with Mark before the game, me and him, and looked at the stats and actually saw that they hadn't lost a home game. It, it became quite clear when the game started that this was going to be a tough evening. But I'll be honest with you, I don't think many teams are going to go there and win 3-0 this season. So it is a massive marker for us and it's a statement and Mark give the Kevin Keegan speech the other week after the game about we're coming, but the t- the table speaks volumes now. Me and Fitzy had a look last night on the way home, and it- it's it's looking a lot better than what it did now. Anyway, put it that way. A word on a couple of people, uh, Fitzy, um, Victor's return to Riz. I mean, what what have you made of him in the time that you've seen him? Uh, he's got a lot better from when he first went. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's the point. No, like I say, we- we've all got. We've all got a lot of time for Vic. Um, I think it's, it's sort of no secret. I absolutely battered him last year, um, stat-wise, especially for his performances in the cage and things like that. Um, but that's because that's how I was brought up when I was his age. It was exactly the same. I had um, older heads around me that would absolutely nail me every time I gave the ball away or every time I rolled around on the floor. And he sort of cut that out of his game, really. And um, he's so he's so dynamic. His, his biggest thing is, is that he's so quick and behind. Um strong he holds the ball up well for sort of a guy's size he's tenacious um 
like I say, I sort of remember his, his hat-trick at St. Pentinamon last year, and I always say it was a hat-trick of tackles um, because it was. He, you know, he was tackling the centre-half, scored. He tackled the goalkeeper twice and scored. And he's a massive outlet for us. Um, you know, last night, again, a difficult pitch, probably doesn't suit him as a footballer. But what he's added this year is that sort of never-say-die attitude. And when it doesn't isn't quite going his way or it does sort of bounce off in funny or things like that, you just know he's going to run hard to uh, win the ball back. And ultimately, that sort of epitomises what, what we're trying to do as, as a club and as a team. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think we're delighted to have him back. I think he's been a real, real good signing. Um, obviously, had a bit of a wobbly start at sort of Wallingford the other day, but second half, he was back to the Vic we know. Um, so, hopefully, it sort of continues and he keeps um, running back lines ragged. I just want to second that, Al. Um, I've got a lot of time for that boy. And he did disappoint me in the summer. There's no denying it. But I'm a little bit different to Mark in the fact that I wanted him to go and see how he got on at the level above. It didn't work out for him. And obviously, where he was, obviously, the situation's a little bit difficult for them at the minute. They're struggling a little bit. So it probably didn't suit him. But I actually thought he was absolutely outstanding last night. From the first whistle, I thought he was brilliant. His hold-up play, his, running, his clever runs in between full-backs and centre-halves. He makes it easy for you to find him. Do you know what I mean? He's one of them players where... I could just put a ball in the area and he's there and he makes my ball passes look good. He's that sort of player I love playing with. Same as Toombs. And I thought, I think that front three oh, might be a bold statement, but I don't think there's much better in the league than them three. And that's that's how I see it. When they're on it as a three, Harry, Toombs and Victor, I think we've got a real potent strike force now. And how was it with Jezza just sitting behind them? Jezza's brilliant, mate. I love Jezza because you know what? He gets around. He gets around the pitch. His legs... And his energy. He didn't get a lot of ball last night, Al. Unfortunately, the pitch wasn't very good because he keeps playing football on. But look, Jez, obviously, I spoke to him afterwards and he probably felt a little bit down on himself out of everyone that played. He probably didn't really get involved ball-wise as much as he did against your Amersham's and Wallingford. But, mate, I, you need him in your side. As soon as he went off, we lost a little bit in the 10. It's a difficult position to play and his energy and his endeavour is, is key to, to how we've been. And there's been no, obviously, coincidence since he's come in the side. We've started to... Um, to kick on. And you heard me asking Mark about Raz and Ben Peters. Uh, anything you wanted to add to that? No, I'll just second what Mark had said. Um, both great kids and, and Mark is very true about Raz. He was in a winning environment last year and unfortunately, same as Ben, and I did say that to them both, that they've come into a side. We were struggling, there's no denying. And in that environment, unfortunately, you revert back to type and you go back to experience and, and what you know and you're not going to throw players in that you don't really know do you know what I mean? What you're going to get? Both technically great players, but unfortunately, it was just the wrong time for both of them. And I've been their age, and I've been the same. You're not playing; you want to play football. You don't come to football to sit and watch it. So, as much as you want that within a dressing room, when you're a management team, you want players that are available that will probably play 20 minutes here and there. I get the reason and why they wanted to leave. And, and personally, I wish them both all the best. And I hope, hopefully, we either play against them or they or they move up the league. So, just just good luck to them both. Non-league, mate. So non-league, mate, is where we look at those things that go on in non-league that uh, if you were down the pub with your mate and they asked you what it was all about, all you could say to explain is non-league, mate. Sturge, I I'm a little bit, I'm going to use a big <laughs> word here. Fitzy won't know what it means. I'm not sure. Trepidatious. Heard of that word, trepidatious, Fitzy? Uh, spell it. No, I'm not sure I could do that. <laughs> but whatever it is, I am it. Because, uh, Sturge, I'm not sure what you're going to tell me, but I'm handing over to you, mate. Yeah, these are the best ones, mate. So, 37 years old. Obviously been playing football a little while now. Got to the ground last night. Went in the changing room. Obviously got changed. Mark likes a little meeting before in the in the clubhouse. He likes me to tell his team talk before he's going to tell all the rest of the players the team talk. So, I'm sat there listening to his team talk before he's told his team talk. Um Obviously, go in the dressing room, warm up, warm up's good, buzzing. Go back in the dressing room and scan in my bag. And this is the first time I've ever done it. I've forgot my shin pads. <laughs> so, when someone says in the dressing room, Has anyone got any spare shin pads? As you can imagine, Al, my head falls off. I cannot stand it. I hate it. I don't know how you come to football and not be prepared. <laughs> so, I'm walking around the change room looking, and Gaz's like, You're right, Sturge. And I'm keeping quiet and I'm desperately not to ask if anyone's got any spare shin pads gets to sort of close to kickoff and I'm like, right, I'm going to have to ask a question. And everyone just looks at me like, I can't believe you're asking us. 
stone silence. Well, obviously, no one's got any spare shin pads, have they? Why would people bring two pairs of shin pads? So I'm sat there and I'm thinking, right, I'm going to have to do something here. Scrambling through the bag. Like, I've gone through the bag three times by now, thinking they're in here somewhere. Like, I've never forgot my shin pads. They're not in there. I found two inner soles, old inner soles in my old boots. <laughs> Went in the physio bag, <laughs> cut the inner soles in a half. Tubey grips on inside my socks. So I wore my inner soles of shin pads last night. Um, and to be honest, after the compliments Fitzy give me, I think I might wear them again Saturday. <laughs> so inner soles for shin pads. So anything beats wow. non-league, mate, than that, I think um, I've won it, and I. That's proper non-league. I thought you were going to say you found a pair of Arlo's or something. No, no. Well, honestly, there, there'd have been no protection at all. But I will send you a picture, Al, so you can put it on the old Up The Riz pod. But I've cut my Adidas Predator insoles in half and worn them as shin pads. Go. Talking to pick. Talking of pictures, <laughs> oh yeah, go. Talking of pictures, actually, Fitzy, um, might we mention your picture that you sent us this afternoon, perhaps? Which one? I send you a few pictures out, so I need <laughs> you to be, uh, I need to be specific, mate. If you, uh, when we were talking levels and how you'd peaked a bit early, uh, and you were referencing your time at step two, which you do often on this pod, you sent through a lovely little <laughs> picture of you. It must have been, it was, it was playing for Hemel, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've, you've clean bowled me here. But um, yeah, no, well, you know, <laughs> I'm going to get so many messages. I'm real. I'm actually, I'm, I've got a bit off. <laughs> yeah, it's no. a bit red out. Yeah, am I? <laughs> I am so posting this on our Twitter feed because you really do. I mean, you, you're sporting a, a, a bit of a ginger attempt at a beard there, but I don't think you were even shaving at the time that this picture was taken of you stepping out for Hemel. You, you look particularly baby-faced, Joe. Yeah, no, I was young then, mate. I um, I thought I was gonna be a pro. That that was probably a bit non-league, as you know. Gaffer's told me I've sort of signed signed my contract, first ever contract. I'm buzzing, playing pre-season. I'm getting a couple of minutes here and there. I think I'm big time on about fifty quid a week. And then um, you know, he calls me and goes, "Yeah, by the time you're 23, you'll you'll be at Barnet, boy. You'll be at Barnet." And um, I don't know if anyone knows, but Dean Brennan is now the manager of Barnet. Uh, I am now 25 at my phone at rank. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that, that's probably a bit of a non-league mate there. Well, there's a couple of other non-league mates um, before I come back to Sturgeon. I was just thinking about people who are trying to get in the limelight, one of whom uh, is sitting in this room, and that's Ben, uh, who was most annoyed when the Twitter feeds last night didn't mention his assists for the assists, both, both assists for... Uh, Victor and Harry came directly from uh, Lewis Toomey, who found good space and, and made a good ball. Uh, but Sturge was particularly disappointed that he hadn't been referenced in that. So, um, Sturge, that's proper non-league, mate. But on a similar theme, Alex Sethi, uh, who was with us last week. Uh, were, were you with me, Ben, outside uh, on the pitch when I was interviewing Mark? I can't remember who I was with, but Alex was pacing up and down, asking if I could interview him. <laughs> because <laughs> I was at, I was going to interview Gary oh, that was it I was talking with Mark and Mark was saying who do you want to speak to and I said oh I'll, I'll have a chat with Gary and Alex was oh what about me don't you want to interview me I witnessed it Al yeah and um, yeah he literally begged you for an interview bless him but yeah look he's been playing well recently so um, he talks a good game Alex as well so look we all like a little bit of love here and there Al um, reference to Fitzy tweet and he, he actually tagged someone so I don't know who it was but it wasn't me when I went through the Twitter feed so he's done well there so B Sturgis wherever he is he got he got a tag last night so that's more <laughs> non-league mate he's not even the right person yeah I just want to finish off it's quite funny mate in the bar after it's North Green for Gaffer to be fair mate good little club down there quite you know what I mean hospitality was great and look they were quite complimentary of us to be honest about how well we played which is fair play to them but he did cross reference the pod and said Oh, you need a bit of personality on there. You like you. Oh, you bore me to death and all that. Like, but then he was like, "But I'll definitely be listening." So fair play to him. It was a good bit of banter um, we had. And fair play to him. It's it's nice to know that obviously he listens. And to be fair, it was a bit tongue and cheek. So so fair play to him. And yeah, um, it was quite interesting to see that he's obviously listening to the pod. So that's good to hear. Well, proper non-league that our gaffer couldn't even recognise the keeper in goal for them <laughs> who's stepped out on the pitch he for rest this season. Yeah, it cracks me up. He said to me this morning, he goes, I didn't even know Charlie was playing. I'm like, what? He goes, you're yeah, speaking to him to the bar afterwards and um, I couldn't believe he was playing. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, Mark. <laughs> it was quite <laughs> obvious. <laughs> yeah. he, he asked him how what he thought, how he thought the game had gone 
Like he'd come down to watch as a supporter. And he went, what do you mean? I've just played. (laughs) I'm real, mate. That's funny. You're listening to Up The Riz, the Risborough Rangers podcast. So let's have a look at the results and fixtures. Our match away at Wallingford and Cromarsh last Tuesday was the only Premier Division North match that night. And then on Saturday 18th, when our home match against Harefield United was postponed due to the pitch being waterlogged, only two league matches went ahead. Uh, Rainers Lane beat Broadfields United 2-1. And Virginia Water were held to a 2-2 draw at home to Wallingford and Cromarsh. And then uh, last night, again, there were no other Premier Division North matches apart from ours against North Greenford United. So all in all, that was um, that was pretty good for us, really, those consecutive Tuesdays, Sturge. Yeah, I'll be honest, Al, it's, it's good. It's very good. And the reason why it is so good is the fact that we've got the points on the board. As long as, obviously, we haven't got as many as we wanted, but we've played a lot more games than everyone else. And I've seen some teams that are sort of six or seven behind us. So I'm looking at it now thinking it's the end of November. How are they going to be, how are you going to fit them in? And it obviously... Obviously, it ends up being Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday in the season, which is only going to benefit us. Um, the results that did play went for us as well, which was good. So, yeah, look, we can only win our game. Look, we know that there's no denying we need to be in the playoffs this year and that's what we're looking at. So that's what we're targeting. If that's fifth or second, that's not out of the question for us. So, look, we're buzzing at the minute, Al. We're ticking along nicely. The camp's brilliant. Um and long may it continue. I know in December we're going to have a couple of free Saturdays and then obviously they'll obviously get chances to catch up with us and teams will play. It's obviously still teams in the Vars in our league. So yeah, look, we're happy, mate. We're just ticking along nicely and worrying about ourselves. But obviously if anyone can do us a few favours along the way, then so be it. <laughs> and all of which leaves the table as follows. Uh, top of the table, Rainers Lane still 38 points from 16. Second place, Flackwell still 33 points from 14. In third place, also 14 matches, Virginia Water with 28 points. Fourth place currently, Milton United played 16, 27 points. And then our opponents from last night in fifth place, North Greenford United. Same matches played as us, 17, but they're on 26 points. Riz are now in seventh place uh, with 22 points uh, from 17. Uh, why don't we, as we're on to results and fixtures, Fitzy, why don't we have a little bit of Fits his form guide. Oh, go on then. (laughs) Fitzy's form guide. So a new feature on Up There Is. Uh, Let's have a little bit of Fitzy's form guide and hear from the master himself about what's been going on. Fitzy, over to you, mate. Well... As you know, I do love a form table. Um, many Spartan clubs do, um, is what, what I've been told and what I've been informed and what I've seen. So um, I thought I would uh, jump on the bandwagon and, and start up the old form table. So I'm going to I'm gonna start actually with my uh, my own form table. Since I'm uh, not in the side anymore, um, we haven't lost a game. Uh, we haven't considered a goal. And we picked up seven out of nine points. So... Um, Buzzing for the boys, but I think my career's done. Um, so there's one for your form table. Big shout out to Craig on that as well. Three uh, three clean sheets out of three. So he's Very good. he's flying on the form table as well. Um, and flying with three hot dogs as well last night. I saw him munch on. So he's got three for three. He's flying on the form table. Um, like I say, Toomey as well. Big shout out to Toomes. Um, was at the top of the form table with a 100% uh, pen record, but ruined that last night. So, shit up, Tombs. Um, he's he's, off, he's off them the as well table. now. Yeah, he's You're, off, he's off now. pens. I'm, yeah, I'm having them. I'm having them. Miss one, you're off them. Yeah, well, you've got, pi- you got to be on the pitch first, but carry on, mate. Carry on. <laughs> yeah, yeah so I'll go back to reference one of the form table there. <laughs> Unbeaten. <laughs> uh, Harry Scott, he's he's um, craftyard form table as well. Um, yeah, how's he doing in the craftyard? Well, you know, he started well. Like, first three games, he was unbeaten in the craft yard. Um, but then, then he had a, a non-visit, so there was a no-game, so we would call that one a draw. Um, and then he got chucked out, so that's a big that's a big red dot, I believe, <laughs> on the form table. Um, suspended. So he, yeah, he's suspended. Yeah, another, another disciplinary issue for the Riz there. Um, 
So like I say, mate, yeah, I think um, I think that's all I've got for the form table. But that's something that we're we're going to grow. Um, big shout out to the the special clubs that love a form table. Um, it is big. It doesn't really affect the real table unless you maintain <laughs> form. Um, but that's the end of Fitzy's form table. You're listening to Up the Riz, the Risborough Rangers podcast. So fixtures coming up uh, this Saturday. We're away at Chalfont St. Peter. They're currently in 12th place uh, with 17 points from 14. And then uh, following fixtures uh, after that, uh, obviously going into December, we mentioned in the last pod, um, 2nd of December, we're away at Virginia Water. Uh, we've had that Harefield United match uh, been rearranged now for uh, the 12th of December. That's the home fixture. And then two other home fixtures, tail end of uh, December, one just before Christmas on the 23rd, home to Hilltop. And then at tail end of the month on the 30th of December, home to Milton United. I was just looking at a few of the other uh, fixtures actually uh, coming up at the weekend. And uh, one or two that, you know, be interesting to see how they go, actually. Rainers Lane are away at Wembley. And we know from our experience that wasn't a massively easy place to play. Flackwell are away at Edgware and Kingsbury. Uh, Virginia Water also away at Harefield and Harefield bottom of the table propping it up but they've had two wins on the bounce haven't they and they're certainly from their social media accounts they they sound confident uh, Milton United are at home to Reading City and then North Greenford are away at Hilltop and again Hilltop wasn't an easy place to play either was it? There's some good fixtures there Al some good fixtures um, I personally expect Rainers Lane and Flatwell to win but apart from that, mate, I very much doubt I could pick a winner in the rest of them games. They're going to be tight, be interesting. So fortunately, there's been a few draws, mate. So obviously they help when you've played a lot more games than everyone else and haven't got as many points as you wanted. So yeah, look, it'd be interesting. I think it's a very competitive league in the fact that everyone seems to be everyone. Hereford have had a turn up on. They've got a new management team. who are doing extremely well. Um, so yeah, it will be tough when we play them, to be honest. And there's no coincidence every result's going to pick up because they have signed a couple so they're going to be on the up so look yeah we will see we will see there's some interesting fixtures there we've got uh Hunt on saturday obviously to look forward to and um, for everybody listening uh fitzy has just popped up the picture as his uh screen save on his uh zoom account uh, of him stepping out for hemel hempstead uh looking like he's catching flies mouth open glazed expression not knowing which way the ball's going I've only played about three minutes as well, and I was absolutely done, mate. Finished. <laughs> no passes, no passes, no tackles, two misheaders. Could have got dragged. <laughs> well, we'll see you at Chalfon St. Peter on Saturday, and um, up there is. This has been Up The Riz, the new official Risper Rangers FC podcast. Catch us on Spotify Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. And follow us on Twitter at UpTheRiz underscore pod. See you next time. Up the Riz.